Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. boy it's april 21st and it's episode 106 and this is the fantasy football auctioneer i'm your host uncle buckets the fantasy football auctioneer is the official podcast of the fantasyfootballauction.com the internet's only website dedicated to fantasy football auctions you can find us on facebook.com uh fantasy football auctioneer or follow us on twitter and instagram we are at fantasy auction We've got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, we're going to take a look at the wide receiver position, looking at moves, signings, trades. And tonight, we have Mr. Reception Perception himself, Matt Harmon, with us. So before we get to his official intro, um, let's talk to our experts, because they're always here. He's still reeling over the huge fantasy hockey auction bidding war over Ben Bishop of the Tampa Bay Lightning Blister. Thanks for the draft last week. Uh, I had a blast, and I'm happy Detroit uh, uh, pumped old Ben Bishop tonight. We got two words for ya! Yeah, that was, uh, I was pretty uh, certain that the way my team was shaping up, I needed to have him, but at the... In the end, it was just too much. So, uh, yeah, Benny Bishop has two losses already on the year. I thought Detroit, or sorry, I thought Tampa deserved a better fate tonight. They didn't play that bad. Hit a lot of posts, but uh, uh, the Detroit's a savvy old veteran team, so it's going to be a tough series. I think Tampa will come back with the next game, and it'll probably go to seven. I, I'm thinking, but hopefully, I need the Lightning to do well. So, uh, hopefully, Bex, uh, me and you in another week are still talking. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, at least he's doing, uh, Ben Bishop's doing better than my goalie is. He's, uh, riding the bench. So I don't know if you score points for slivers in the R's, but, uh, yeah, you do. No. I do get no. <laughs> it's tough to score I'm for so the happy bench. he's not my secret pick now. So, yeah. <laughs> anyways. All right. And he's taking a stand against Micro Brews. At least that's what he did on Twitter. He's supporting, uh, Labatt Blue Slim. Uh, you got one in you tonight? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Two, as a matter of fact, but it wasn't a stand against microbrews. I got nothing against <laughs> them. It just seems like that's all everyone, at least that I follow, it's sports or what microbrew they're drinking on the weekend. And, um, yeah, I just had to go against the grain there and keep it real, I guess you could say. Goose Island I have tonight. This is a uh, red ale, a bold ale with See? a mix of herbal and woody and citrus aromas uh, from Mount Hood and the uh, Amarillo hops. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never even had it before. You're a pretentious bastard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's kind of how I how I am. Um, um, I know I'll drink the beer hot, cold, uh, um, uh, light, not light, doesn't matter. It's like like coffee. It all goes down the same. All right, uh, so let's just keep rolling because we have a special guest on tonight. Tonight, uh, our special guest will help us to discuss the wide receiver position. He's from TheBackyardBanter.com, Mr. Reception Perception, Matt Harmon. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm so glad that I've met you, babe. And I'm so glad we're friends. I'm doing good, fellas. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk about wide receivers and everything that's uh, been going on in the NFL lately with y'all. Yeah, there's uh, been, a, been a lot of movements, so we're excited to have you on. Uh, Matt, before we get started, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, um, how you got involved in some fantasy football, and uh, have you ever played auction before? Yeah, actually, I did a couple auction drafts last year for the first time, and I mean, it was addicting. Um, it, yeah, it, it, they're, it's such a, you know, the, it gives Gives you so much more control and so much more, um, you know, net, like you really have to kind of put your money where your mouth is, literally, with the auction draft as opposed to the snake draft, where everything's just kind of predictable and it goes down the goes down the line and comes back around. With an auction, yeah, you actually get to and you get to have a little strategy too, like try to play try to play games with uh with you know the people in in your, in your league, especially if you know them and you know they value certain players, you can toss them out there. Yeah, I, I like auction drafts a lot. 
Um, oh, but awesome. Yeah, and I'm not just I'm not just saying that because you guys. Right. But yeah, so a uh, little bit about myself. I yeah, I write for Backyard Banter. That's my site. I started there a couple of years ago, and um, I also write for FootballGuys.com and uh, and the Washington Post, where I do a couple of these reception perception articles. Um, and so. Uh, basically, what, what reception perception is is a methodology that I developed to uh, evaluate the wide receiver position. I pretty much started like set out to try to cover football, you know, full time, and still working on that, obviously. But set out to really put a lot of effort into it a couple of years, uh, just about you know, a year and a half ago, and a few months into it, I started kind of developing this methodology and kind of putting it through some tests and everything. And then last summer, I unveiled it to uh, a few articles on my site and. Um, then I started running kind of a one-game series at, at Football Guys, and now I'm, I'm knee-deep in charting pretty much every relevant NFL wide receiver, some of the guys that we're going to talk about tonight, um, as well as a few draft prospects. So really what I'm doing right now is, is kind of collecting context and, and putting everything, putting hard numbers to, to these wide receivers, like what they do on the field. What the, And this is one of the reasons why I love fantasy football. I mean, the fact that we can be so degenerate that you got a guy charting all <laughs> of the, all of the routes and versus coverages and, and uh, the whole nine yards. I mean, it's awesome. What other hobby has someone who's just so specialized into that one, one little niche, uh, um, I love it, and hey, I mean, spreading yourself into uh, different areas, you kind of have to have your your little niche, right? Yeah, so absolutely. we try to do auctions with our niche. So uh, um, we're happy to have the wide receiver expert on tonight. You bet, guru. <laughs> guru. Well, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing what I can. <laughs> That's good. Well, I love it. Uh, can't wait to hear uh, what you have to say about uh, some of these wide receivers we got tonight. So why don't we get into it, guys? If you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. So, folks, like I said uh, before, we got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, we got special guest Matt Harmon looking at wide receivers, the moves, the signings, and uh, so much more. So, let's just get right into it, guys. I'm in no particular order. Um, let's just start right off the hop with Randall Cobb. Uh, Randall Cobb, he resigned with the Packers for a four-year, forty million dollar deal. Um, Matt, I know that on on your website, you've broken down some of Randall's uh, metrics. Uh, talk to us about Cobb and. Uh, uh, what you see out of uh, him as a receiver. Yeah, it was funny. When I first started, I actually just started writing for the Washington Post, you know, a couple months ago, and this was the first article they wanted me to put up there uh, was about Randall Cobb. And, you know, I really expected him to leave Green Bay. Um, but then when he stayed, I mean, you know, looking at looking at his numbers, it really was the best decision possible for him, um, not just because he's in a great offensive system with a great quarterback, but so much of, of what he does on the field is very specialized to a precise uh, quarterback who reads the defense well and gets the ball out with timing. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the best in the business at that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, as far as, uh, as his success rate versus coverage, which is the main metric of reception perception, is, you know, basically just how often are they getting open on each particular route and against each particular coverage. Um, he was above average in, in all four uh, measurements of it, which is he was above average in, against man coverage, above average versus zone coverage and double coverage and press coverage. So, I mean, he's a good receiver, obviously. Yeah. I think some of the talk that, like, he would have gone to another team and completely faded away was a little overblown. And I, I was a little surprised after charting him that he did grade out so well for me. I, I expected him to be kind of more of a product of his system. But as an individual player, he's a, he's a, strong, he's a strong guy. Um, however, you know, a lot of his routes are about 17.1% of the routes he ran over the eight-game sample that I took were uh, flat routes, um, 30, and then 13.1% were, were slant routes. So, again, he's really an underneath guy. Uh, and those are real timing-based routes, and he's good on them. He produces and he gets open. However, you have to wonder if he had gone to Oakland or something like that, would he have been able to produce the same amount of, um, same amount of fantasy points? But luckily, he's staying in Green Bay, and I think, think that – yeah, so, I mean, we don't have to worry about that. No. And, I mean, he's, he's definitely more of, uh, more of a complete receiver. He's not a gadget guy. 
Um, I charted him having, you know, really good success on his deep routes as well. I mean, he's a guy who can get vertical on, on defenses too. So, you know, that was one thing that surprised me the most after charting him was that he is such a well-rounded player. However, he's obviously staying in the best spot for his statistical success to continue. For sure. Hey, Blister, I was just checking out the stats over TheFantasyFootballAuction.com, checking out your rankings. Um, you've got them slotted right now at number 10 overall. Talk to us about, uh, you know, kind of why you have them in there at that $40 range, um, I guess tearing up with Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y., Golden Tate, that type of a tier. Yeah, you know, I think uh, when looking at this, I, of course, I just opened this up again before we went on air, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, looking course, at him, yeah. I mean, he finished eighth overall last year in PPR, and... For the most part, I think he could sneak back in there. I, I mean, Calvin is fading. Can Calvin ba- bounce back? If not, I think he could move up one on him. And then with, I guess, I mean, Alshon and AJ, he could definitely beat out one of those two guys to move up another spot. I don't I don't really see him being in that same tier as Emmanuel and TY. I, I do think he's a lot better than that. Um, but I think at the time, you know, I did have him a little bit lower when I first did my ranks because we didn't know where he was going to sign. Once he signed, mm-hmm. I moved him up some, and that can still move up a bit more before the year goes on. But, uh, you know, I do see him as a, definitely a top 10, a shoe-in as a top 10 and potentially uh, moving into 7-8. You know, with Jordy Nelson still around, you know, it's it's a great one-two punch. It's a, It was a great move for him staying there, obviously, with a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. But um, you still, you know, each of them can help each each other, but then again, each of them will draw targets from each other potentially. So I have you know a top ten. I don't like I say probably move them up a couple spots, but I don't know if I can put them any higher than some of the guys ahead of them. All right, so Slim, what do you think about having them in there with that in that tier right now? If I'm looking at Blister's um, hypothetical auction numbers right now because we haven't really been able to get into mocks. He's got them in with Emmanuel Sanders, Ty. Um, uh, Golden Tate, they're all kind of hovering around that $38, $39 mark. Well, I don't know. I think he's a little bit higher than those guys personally. Um, I think to me he slots in kind of right around, like Blister said, uh, he gets into that A.J. Green, um, even closer to where Jordy finished, um, kind of kind of tier range. So to me he's kind of that low-end wide receiver one. I think, you know, last year I think he said he finished eighth. In PPR points, to me, that's a realistic place for him to finish again this year. Um, you know, I, I, I have a hard time seeing him scoring less than 10 touchdowns um, just because, like Matt said, you know, he's he's a good red zone target because he's used, um, you know, on those quick timing routes is where he excels, and that's kind of what uh, Green Bay likes to use when they, when they start uh, getting closer to the goal line. So I, I expect him to get... Uh, you know, double-digit touchdowns again, and you know, I, I think he's capped a little bit yardage-wise because of Jordy being there. But uh, I don't think it's a stretch for him to finish with you know, thirteen, uh, close to fourteen hundred receiving yards, kind of similar to what he did last year. So, to me, I, I, it's kind of the status quo. And then, like Matt said, it was a, a good thing he signed there. Uh, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't hurt, but for sure. they know how to use him, and you know, he's he's had success there, and I, you know don't see how he doesn't do that barring injury again this year. All right. Hey, Matt, um, just as I'm going through some, I'm thinking to myself, here's a guy that really studies the wide receiver position. What's your what's your strategy when it comes to wide receivers? Um, is it because you know them so well that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you, um, you know, you can sit back and kind of get some of those lower tier guys because you understand where kind of they slot and chart and, what the their upside can be, or do you just target those wide receiver ones uh, uh, heavy in your drafts? Uh, last year I was really wide receiver heavy, and I think this year I'm actually going to reverse course, and since I'm going to have so much data on these wide receivers this year, um, last year I just had basically had a really small sample sizes on some of these guys. Right. So this year I'm, I'm looking definitely, like you said, to, to pull back and maybe get some of these later round guys and the good thing about reception perception, and you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm <laughs> do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyways. Uh, the good thing about it is that it, it breaks down every part of a wide receiver's game. You know how how well they separate. Also, how you know there's a contested catch conversion rate, a tackle breaking metric. I mean, so the the system and the methodology just gives you literally a quantifiable uh, data point to everything that they do. So I think that that allows you to to not only understand 
um, what they do, but also how well they fit with their quarterback. Like I said, with Cobb, with those timing routes and everything, he's a great fit for, for a precise quarterback like Rodgers. So for a lesser example, and I'm sure we'll talk about a few tonight, you know, you can look at how well they fit with the quarterback, and that leads to more statistical success because the wide receivers are such a dependent position. So I'm definitely going to be playing, and especially because running backs are so scarce, like those those top top five guys are really invaluable. They can really carry your season. That I'm going to probably try to take my stabs at running back early and then pull okay. back and, and look at values receiver later. Well, and for people out there who haven't checked out his stuff, thebackyardbanter.com, check out his charts. It It is awesome to see just – He's got every stat you could imagine on these guys, and um, it's really an eye-opener, actually, because you think what you see with your eye is one thing, and then what the numbers actually tell you is a whole mm-hmm. different thing, so it's a, it's a real interesting look. But I just uh, then all of a sudden I was like, oh, he just segued. I should have just jumped with him when he said, take a look at some other lesser guys with, uh, with different quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. let's move into Percy Harvin, who's a lesser guy with a different quarterback. Um, Matt, uh, Percy moved to Buffalo. He's got kind of like that one-year prove-it deal in Buffalo. Uh, following Rex Ryan there, talk to us about what you see out of Percy Harvin. Yeah, the, 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 the funny part about Percy's season last year was obviously because he was traded mid-year. It really did become kind of a tale of two seasons. Like when he was in Seattle, he was pretty strictly like a slot, a gadget wide receiver type of guy. And you know when he signed with Buffalo, what he said was, I want a chance to prove that I'm a complete receiver. And he really did kind of get that chance with the Jets last year, his, his, um, his snaps outside um, really, they, they they more than doubled when he was with the Jets. He played a lot of flanker as opposed to a slot or a guy out of the backfield. And but, however, the results were still pretty inconsistent. Um, his success rate versus man coverage and zone coverage were both below average. And he's running, you know, pretty easy routes. I mean, the major the vast majority of his routes are in breaking routes and short routes. And yeah. he still wasn't super successful. Um, I mean, he's he obviously can make some plays after the catch, um, but he wasn't like one of the best guys I've I've I charted there. Um, he's not great in traffic, so I mean, he's I still personally I think he's a limited player. While he can have some value as a flanker, um, and I do think that I, I've started, especially charting these guys, I've really started to think that I'm I'm kind of over the gadget role where you know you see guys like. Cordero Patterson or Tavon Austin are kind of not succeeding in that role. Um, and I think personally, I think Percy Harvin probably is better suited just to move on from that phase of his career, even though they make exciting highlights there. Yeah. As, as a down-to-down contributor, I think it's better off just play him outside or, or play him in a slot sort of role. Um, and I, so I think Percy can have some success, but the problem is where the target's going to be in Buffalo. I mean, they've actually got a lot of interesting, other than quarterback, they've got a lot of interesting offensive pieces. They've got right. Sammy Watkins coming, you know, looking to improve on his rookie year. They've got Robert Woods is a pretty solid player. Um, they added a tight end. They added Shady McCoy in the backfield. That's a lot of mouths to feed there right now, and I just don't think Percy is going to be a priority. And also, I think he's kind of a declining player, not only physically, but as a technician, he's still. I mean, you look at some of his releases from the line of scrimmage; they're like they're still just really, really bad. <laughs> he takes that. He takes this really frustrating thing that receivers do is they'll hop off the line as opposed to like cut into a quick break to get off press yeah. coverage. And it's something that NFL cornerbacks just feast over, and you see it time and time again with guys like Harvin who are really raw technicians. They they just they they default on bad habits like that. So I, I just I'm not very excited about Watkins and I mean uh, I'm very not very excited about Harvin. Harvin yeah. and, Watkins and, probably a different yeah. uh, a different beast. Hey uh, Blister, I'm taking a look over at the rankings like I always do. You have Percy uh, way down as uh, receiver 68 right now, a three dollar buy. Your message to auction folks are let someone else buy them. So uh, yeah. you have them right there with Stedman, Bailey, um, well, so Philly Brown, Stevie Johnson. Uh, talk to us about Percy Harvin. Well, a lot of what Matt said, I echo that statement exactly. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Percy Harvin. Um, he could move up to as high as what he finished last year, which was 58th. But for his career, he only averages 11 yards per catch. He comes with a lot of baggage. Um, 
you know, Rex Ryan's in Buffalo right now. The receiving corps he had in uh, New York the last couple of years finished as a 30th ranked wide receiver. So we know that with Castle at quarterback Woo! or whoever plays quarterback there right now, it's not looking too pretty. So they're probably going to run the ball a ton. And, uh, you know, we know what Rex likes that part of the game too. So, I, just, I mean, he has locker room trouble. He has hit uh, injury history. Um I just don't have a lot of faith in Percy doing a whole lot. Um, you know, he could have a couple of big games, but I really don't. I mean, because he's still per you go to an auction and someone's going to be hoping that maybe just one last you know, hurrah or maybe they're going to get something really good out of him. If you gamble on him for three bucks, you know, it's not the end of the world. I, I, w- I really can't see him going for much more than that when there's so many really good receivers I feel in the league that you don't have to pay a lot of money on Percy Harvin. If you gamble on him for a couple bucks or whatever at the end of your auction and he pans out and uh, has a nice season, that's great, but he's never had a thousand yard season. So, you know, he, he has a lot of, uh, a lot of negatives beside his name and it outweighs the positives for me at this point. Well, and Slim, I'm looking over at fantasy pros right now at the consensus rankings and uh, he's ranked a lot higher than what I thought he would, where he thought he would slot in. It's a low-end wide receiver three um, along the lines of Allen Robinson, Charles Johnson, uh, Victor Cruz, uh, Steve Smith. So Fantasy Pros has him slotted at the uh, wide receiver 37. What do you think of his positioning there? I agree. I think it's a little bit high. I mean, a lot of those names you said I, I would be more inclined to uh, start one of those guys over Percy Harvin. Um, and like the biggest thing you guys were talking about is, I, I mean, for me, I'm not a big believer or, or I don't like the unknown and I just don't know exactly how he's going to fit in with this offense quite yet. Um, so if I, you know, if I'm going to take a flyer, I think there's higher upside flyers than him. Um, I mean, we look at somebody like Robert Woods, what he did last year, and, and granted the offense is going to change, but he had you know, 700 yards and I think five touchdowns, which to me, that's Percy Harvin's ceiling. Uh, now you bring in someone like Greg Roman, who you know isn't really known for creativity uh, per se in terms of the passing game. Uh, so I, I just have a hard time um, finding where Percy's going to get all these targets, uh, especially with the you know, a, t- a more talented wide receiver uh, ahead of him on the depth chart. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a little bit high. I personally think, you know, he's around, uh, you know, wide receiver 50 or so, 55 range. Um, kind of closer to guys like Kendall Wright and um, maybe somebody that we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, we'll okay. save that, though. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a little bit high. I'm going to uh, just briefly pause here, Slim. Um, live tweet came in 17 minutes ago uh, from our buddy at Chad Can- underscore Canfield. Uh, he says, thanks at Slim for MVP for calling out Uncle Buckets for an inability to pull the trade trigger. Hashtag cold feet. Hashtag toying with my emotions. Um, was there a call out that I missed? He's probably thinking of Saturday. Okay. I, would say, I don't know. It wasn't much of a call out, but uh, we we discussed it. It was, it was okay. Anyways, uh, Dynasty Talk, Matt. Uh, we just started a Dynasty League last year with the guys we've been doing auction with the last few years and um, oh, nice. pleasantly addicting. You do any Dynasty? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dynasty is, is really fun, you know, incorporating the rookies and everything like that. Because, I mean, I, one of my favorite things is to evaluate draft prospects and, and all that. So getting to incorporate those and uh, making, like, real GM sort of decisions are, is very fun. I enjoy it a lot. We're coming up to okay. our first rookie draft here. So, uh, Cooper White. Don't give me ideas. Cooper I found White. them. <laughs> Cooper or White? Oh, well, as a, as a pure talent, I like White a little bit better, but uh, situation, I think, is going di- is gonna to dictate a lot of that. Um, and, I mean, I, these are, those are two guys I've also written reception, perception posts about, so you can check those out. On, uh, the links to the football guys' articles are on my website. Um, but I, I like White a little bit more, but it's really close. They're both excellent prospects. Yeah. So I got like the 102 practice. and the 104. Okay, all right, good. I'm Good Team White also, um, but Team right White. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll go to a nice segue right into one of your former uh, teammates. Well, I guess a 49er teammate. Uh, 
Michael Crabtree has signed with Oakland. He's crossed the bay. He's uh, also on a one-year kind of prove-it deal. Um, Matt, you've done some charting of Crabtree. What do you see there? Oh, yeah. Crabtree um, was my one of one of the guys early on in the process that uh, for, for collecting all the data for all these NFL wide receivers that I, I charted him because um, I knew he was about to leave in free agency. And I was really surprised by how good his numbers were um, and so were a lot of other people, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, the, the thing about Crabtree is that obviously he's been hurt. Uh, I mean, he had that really bad Achilles injury and he's had some other injuries, uh, lower body ones in particular. So he's not a vertical threat at all anymore. His success rate versus coverage on nine routes, which are, you know, the fly pattern just straight down the field, um, you know, win with speed, it was only, was 34.4%, which is, well below the NFL average that I have. So obviously he's not a guy who can get deep on you anymore. He doesn't make a lot of plays after the catch. Um, however, his um, success rate on curl routes, slant routes, um, flat routes, uh, comeback routes were all above average. So those are more shorter, intermediate sort of um, sort of routes. And what, what I think is really surprising about Crabtree is just how – good of a savvy route runner he's become as he's aged. And I think some receivers, it's obviously happened sooner for him than it has for other guys. But you see as a lot of receivers as they age, they have to sort of start adding technique and nuance into their route running um, in order to to compensate for that lack of physical ability. And now that he's sort of he's a lesser specimen than he was when he came into the league, I think he has compensated really well. Um, so that's why he looks so good in his reception perception sample. Um, however, he doesn't. He didn't produce this, this statistically last year. Um, it's a lot of S's. Uh, he didn't produce uh, numbers wise last year because his quarterback Colin Kaepernick was such a poor fit for him. Uh, Kaepernick is really like a see it throw it quarterback. Like he doesn't anticipate guys coming open. And then Anquan Bolden is really a perfect fit for that because you know he catches anything regardless of whether he's covered or not. So it was just easy for um, for Kaepernick to just lean on Bolden, and you know that chemistry that he had shown with Crabtree at one point faded away. So um, I know he didn't get a lot of interest in free agency, and that really isn't so surprising because he's kind of you know rumored to be kind of a headache at times. He's also like he's got all the injury concerns. However, I think he's got a, I think he still has he still has game left in him. Um, he's a guy that. Like I said, he wins on those short intermediate routes. And if you look at Derek Carr's passing numbers last year, um, his yards per attempt were was below six. Uh, it was in I think like the five point five range. I know Pro Football Focus has done a lot of work with how he wasn't a great deep passer last yeah. year. And they look like they kind of want to build that short passing game around Carr. Um, so that seems like an ideal fit um, to Crab with Crabtree. I mean, to me at least. And uh, while there were certainly better landing spots he could have gone to, I would have loved to see him in, like, New Orleans or New England or um, or even Minnesota. Um, would have loved that. However, I think he's he's going to get a lot of targets in Oakland in that short game. So he could be a guy, a sneaky, like, PPR receiver who could be a sleeper. All right. Hey, Blister, again, I, we you updated your, your ranks uh, – about what two weeks ago, I guess it was April sixth is when they were updated. So you don't have this move really slotted on there, but I saw that there might have been a last minute entry way at the bottom of the wide receiver ranks, which then that's where you put Michael Crabtree. Um, where would you slot him right now? Because you have him as a as a forty nine er slotted a lot higher than down at the very bottom. It says Michael Crabtree one dollar, <laughs> Oakland. He's oh sorry, he's actually uh, if you scroll up, he's uh. He is on there. <laughs> As Oakland, though? He's at 60. Yeah, 61. He's at 61 with San Francisco. Uh, that's changed to Oakland now. Yeah, oh, okay. And then, yeah, would you see way at the bottom? Yeah, 91? I saw that. I saw I had, him, so I had him on there twice. I must have had him oh, on yeah. there twice. I didn't see him at the bottom until you just said that. I was just looking at him where I had him right now, and, yeah. and I put on there because where I have him right now, he was – Still with San Fran, so I changed it, and I said he has to be reevaluated. But I do like uh, I do like what Matt said there. Um, plus, last year Carr attempted 599 passes, so they're not afraid to sling it. And if it is a short passing game, that could help him out a lot. I do think they really want to build up Latavius Murray this year. Um, that's the hope for anybody that owns him in Dynasty, and that's the kind of the thing going into the draft. If they can 
uh, build around him, then the short passing game might uh, really be effective. And, and I mean, Crabtree, if you look at that Oakland receivers over the years, they've all been pretty di- uh, abysmal. So it wouldn't take much, I don't think, for him. I mean, James <laughs> Jones had a better year last year than I expected coming over from Green Bay. We didn't expect him, obviously, to put up numbers like he was capable of with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, but he still did better than I expected. And um, I think Crabtree is probably, you know, he's got a good chance there. I mean, the rest of those guys are a bunch of bums, if you ask me. So as long as he can play, stay healthy, um, he has a chance to have a a, seat, uh, a decent season. I'd still let Slim or or uh, Zoobs draft him, but uh, <laughs> good, good good luck to him. Hey, Slim. Speaking of other bums over there in Oakland, as uh, personally as an Andre Holmes owner, what does this do for someone like that? Who you know, people maybe were a little high on towards the end of the season. Does Crabtree help that or hurt that? Well, I think he's going to hurt it. I mean. They they can only roster so many receivers, and I have a feeling they're probably going to draft one or probably two, uh, or maybe two for sure. I think they're drafting one, um, so and probably fairly high. So I mean, he's going to make the team. Um, yeah, but I agree with, and this is what I was going to say when I read this article by Matt. This is kind of why you know if you're out there listening to this go and read these things because it's going to either help you gain some knowledge you didn't have or reaffirm things that you already see. And as a Niners fan, these are kind of a lot of the things Matt talks about in this article are things that I've kind of felt all along that, you know, Crabtree yet, he's, he's not a deep threat anymore. The Niners misused him. He didn't have a good quarterback fit. Um, the guy can run routes and get yards after the catch, so he's better suited for short yardage or short shorter routes. Uh, he's got sticky hands. He can he catches a lot of uh, poorly thrown balls in in um, you know in these shorter routes. So yeah, he's a great fit for Oakland. Like Blister said, I mean, you look at Carr. He threw 599 passes attempted there. You know they're probably going to be losing a lot of games, which is going to have to open up the offense at some point. Um, so Crabtree could be a beneficiary. And you know when I look at, not that I, I, you know obviously we're an auction site, so we don't tend to go to ADP. But you know I'm looking at the ADP on a on say fantasy football calculator. Crabtree's ADP right now is around the 15th round, where the guy we just talked about, Percy Harvin, is picked in in the ninth. And, I mean, to me, they're more or less statistically this year can be very similar, these two guys. But for that much of a difference in price, I would take Crabtree uh, because I think his ceiling can be higher. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm going to get him for cheaper. It's showing me that right now. So the odds are once we start mocking and starting our auction drafts, we're going to get him for a cheaper price and we are going to get players like Percy Harvin. And the whole goal of fantasy football is to find these guys we can get for cheap with higher ceilings. Uh, and to me, he's one of them, uh, just based on things like Matt talked about, situation, um, the passing volume is here. Percy Harvin's not going to get volume. Um, there's a lot of things that, that bode well for Crabtree um, this year. So... I mean, he's a, he's a guy you should be looking at late in your draft. Well, and this is why we love having Matt on, and that's why you're going to love going through his stuff because this is, these are the little gems you're going to find, right? You're going to say, oh, Crabtree's a bomb. What has he done? Blah, blah, blah. I, you know, Percy's got all this upside, but I love the idea of breaking it down and taking a look and something like you were saying, you know, situational, uh, misused. As a Niner fan, you've, you've seen it over the last few years. So, um uh, I like I like the idea, Matt. You know, go RBs nice and early, spend your money up there, and then you know find these find these sneaky guys down a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a lot of guys like that. I mean, the, the wide receiver position right now is, is such a glut of talent. You know, especially after those guys from the rookies from last year came in and added you know like ten or fifteen new players yeah. to the to the repertoire. I mean, there's a ton of really impressive guys coming off their rookie season last year, and now, you know, we've got more coming in this year. It's going to be another a pretty good wide receiver class. So it's such a glut of talent. You can get contributors anywhere pretty much late in your drafts or in the mid-rounds. 
Awesome. So the, here's an interesting situation. If we take a look next up at uh, Andre Johnson, who signs a deal three-year, $21 million with Indy, and we like Andrew, Andrew Luck throwing the football, Matt. Uh, talk to us about his metrics and what you saw when he broke them down. Yeah, so the thing about Andre Johnson is he gets criticized for being, quote-unquote, inefficient last year because he was one of the most highly targeted wide receivers in the league, but he also, um, I think he was targeted over 170 times and didn't obviously didn't catch near that many passes. So he gets criticized for being inefficient, but look at what was behind center with him. And I mean, um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the best option. And he, you know, they they wasted no time sending him right out the building this year. And then when he was hurt, he had Kate, like the you know the ghost of Case Keenum and um, Ryan Mallett, which by the way, Ryan Mallett is a terrible quarterback. And uh, don't don't let anybody trick you into thinking otherwise. Um, but anyway, so you know, and it, none of these guys were in there for a consistent stretch. So there's not a lot, wasn't a lot of chemistry going on there. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins obviously had a really good year last year. He was um, much more efficient in that offense. Just, but but this is the problem when you say inefficient, and you're just looking at it from a target or a catch to target perspective because it doesn't really give you the context that I think some of my data does. Um, as for Johnson, his success rate versus man coverage was above average, which is pretty impressive for a 34 year old yeah. receiver. Um, and his zone, his success against zone coverage was just right around average. He did fine against double coverage. He did fine against press coverage. Um, so he's a guy who's still a really good player, in my opinion. Um, and also, what he brings to the Colts is something they haven't had. It. It's it's a you know a physical, a big guy that can win in traffic. Um, Johnson was one of my best uh, guys can charted for contested catches. He had a 76.5 <laughs> conversion rate. Uh, so that's really good. That's one of the better ones that I've had that I've charted. Um, he's a guy who can, you know, a lot like Crabtree. His his success rate versus you know coverage on uh, nine routes was pretty low, but he wins on those on those comebacks, those 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 short to intermediate, um, especially like on curl routes where he's just going to turn around and box out his guy. Uh-huh. Those are going to be some invaluable. Uh, plays for Andrew Luck because I mean Reggie Wayne is obviously not coming back. I think he's pretty much done. Um, I don't know if, if he officially retired or not, but he probably should. Um, yeah, a great career, but obviously wasn't a very good player last year. And then T.Y. Hilton is, you know, he's a finesse, a speed receiver who's really he's he, he was more consistent last year than I thought he would be. But he's not a a physical go up and get it in coverage type of guy. So I think Johnson is going to be a little underrated this year based on you know his number two role or whatever. But I think he's going to play a pretty big part of that passing game, and he could surprise um, some guys with with a really strong season. And you know he's hungry. He wants it. I mean, after being pretty much jettisoned pretty unceremoniously by the only team he's ever played for and a bad team at that, you know, you look at some of the quarterbacks that he's played with throughout his career, and and you just you feel for the guy because he probably could have been a Hall of Famer otherwise. Um, so maybe he's going to pad that resume a little bit for a couple of years with the Colts. I'm, I'm, I'm personally, is another guy that I think is going to be under the radar. Um, and I'm excited about. All right. Blister, you've got him slotted right now as wide receiver 20. He sits in a tier, uh, looking with Brandon LaFell, Andre Johnson, uh, uh, Julian Edelman, Keenan Allen, Decker, uh, Jarvis Landry, that kind of a zone. Talk to us about why you think he slots in there. It seems like a big separation in that tier from the Elvin Benjamins, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, well, I mean, last year I looked at his numbers. He had 85 grabs, 936 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, I think that if he improves on anything, he, I mean, he could get 90 grabs and he could get nine touchdowns. So if he had six touchdowns and even six more grabs on it, that slots him up another about he would have scored at about 232 235 points roughly and that would have put him probably around 14th or 15th overall last year and i think he could climb that high potentially because of the fact that he's got a good quarterback finally um but you know he's still got ty hilton there to contend with uh, they got a lot of weapons in there if duran carter works out you know they, there's some there's some guys there that now they you know they're gonna have to they're going to be a good offense, I think, and I think he's going to probably see if anything is going to be a, an increase in touchdown catches because he's going to get, you know, he could get that eighty to eighty-five to a hundred catches. Hundred probably going to be a little bit much with with uh, Ty there, but it's going to be in that category. And um, and I think more so than anything, he's a big guy that that might be found in the end zone when they're when they're in the red zone. He'll be looked for maybe in the end zone once once in a while. But I know 
I do luck. We'll use both of his tight ends still. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of people kind of spread it around with. Um, so just based on the numbers he put up last year, like we said, with the poor quarterback and building on that, that would have ranked them anyways at last year in that 15, 16 range, maybe 14. And if you look at the guys a bit ahead of him, like these guys all could potentially put up more numbers because either they're the number one, um, maybe there's not a lot going on for that offense. Uh, I just think that the guys, most of the guys ahead of him have a chance to stay ahead of him. But I do like the fact that he could be a really nice play, obviously a, a lot cheaper op- option in your auction because of the fact that there's a lot of big names out there right now because of the fact that on his team is T.Y. still. And he had a really good year last year, put up 260 fantasy points. And, and So I think that that guy is still going to probably bring money. You can get on to Johnson for that price tag. You're going to probably be able to put up, you know, you're going to be bordering on wide receiver one numbers, but definitely high end wide receiver two. And it's going to be pretty, a pretty solid buy for your money there. Um, but one thing I also like to point out, you know, cause we do talk a little bit of dynasty from time to time and, and he is yeah, getting sure. a little bit older, 34 years old. Right. And, and, you know, you look at what Reggie Wayne did as a 34 year old there. He had 106 grabs, 1,355 yards and five touchdowns. Pretty darn good numbers for a 34-year-old. So I know I got guys kicking tires trying to get Jordy Nelson off me this year because he's going to be 30, and they're giving me two guys potentially that combined for 160 points last year. And what there's still the years in these guys. You know, I have like when you're looking at fantasy, just because he hits a a fabulous number of 30 in dynasty doesn't mean you have to kick him to the curb. Nothing has changed for Jordy. He's still healthy, uh, as healthy. I mean, he's had injuries, but he's got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And you look at these samples where you, you guys kind of get a little bit hesitant at when they start hitting 30, but they're not running backs. They're receivers. Yeah, different receiver. And, yeah, and he's in a good spot still. If Jordy Nelson would have been traded to Cleveland or somewhere, yeah, probably would have been happy to get rid of him. But, yeah. you know, those are things like think just because, you know, people aren't going to be thinking, like, Andre's a bit older, but I really think he's got a chance to put up great numbers, and you shouldn't, you know, shouldn't shy away from that. And he's the guy you might pick up in a dynasty really cheap right now because people just look at that age. Yeah. But I think, he, you know, he you gotta got to be wary of what they can still do. And I think another guy like that, Calvin Johnson, you know, he's he's getting up there, but I think he still has potential. But there is a time, right? You got to sell high, buy yeah. low. Yeah. Well, it all depends, I guess, on your dynasty situation too, hey, Slim. If you're yeah. rebuilding like team under construction, or if you're contending, um, I mean, the Colts signed him to a three-year deal, so they think there's still a little tread left on the tires, hey? Well, there's definitely some tread. I mean. Um, you know, just because he's 33, 34 years old doesn't mean uh, he's going to be irrelevant. Of course not. I mean, he he's not brought in there to take the top off a of defense like he used to. Um, like I said, when he first went there, all I could think about was I can't wait to see him run slants uh, with yeah. Andrew Luck throwing him the ball and being able to use that big frame like Matt talked about to box out corners and just – you know, all he needs to do is break one tackle, which we've shown he's shown that he can do throughout his career. Um, and now he's picking up, you know, an extra five, ten yards. Um, so, yeah, I think the opportunity is going to be there. Um, I'd look at similar guys um, points-wise, and I, I don't know. I feel like his floor is kind of um, around where we saw Sammy Watkins last year, you know, 950 yards, uh you know, around 70 balls, six touchdowns, something like that. And, you know, I think there's only room for that to go up. I mean, if he starts approaching 80, 85 catches, um, you know, maybe he gets close to double-digit touchdowns too and takes a little bit of the red zone looks away from the tight ends they got in, in Indy. Um, now now he's probably a great value uh, in your draft. And I think if you're drafting right now, maybe that value isn't there. But with these old guys, we often see – you know that that shine will wear off of him yeah. going to a new team with a new offense, and people will still look at that age, and they will th- their opinions of him will start to drop, and we'll see his ADP go down and his auction value go down again. So hang in there. I mean, that's perfect for you. Keep him, you know, uh, stashed in your queue or whatever, and um, take advantage when you draft in August. Um, because a lot of the owners in your leagues are probably going to be sleeping on him just because of that age number. All right. 
Awesome stuff on Andre Johnson. Let's move on to our fifth wide receiver tonight. Uh, let's take a look at Mike Wallace. He was traded to the Vikes. We have a, a big following out of Minneapolis with the fantasy football auction. So uh, shout out to Minnesota and hopefully blister. We get ourselves down to, to a game and watch Mr. Wallace play this year. Is that the plan? Is he sleeping? Is he there? Probably muted. He probably muted. <laughs> yep. That never happens. He's muted. <laughs> anyway. Did you know that? Well, wait, he's going to fall off a chair. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I looked at the schedule. Our best bets down there are probably the 20th against the Lions or the 27th against uh, the Chargers. Philip Rivers and company would not be something well, to go send you. If Philip Rivers is still there. Yeah, yeah that's true. All that talk about yeah. him we, maybe getting traded. Yeah, we've been bad-mouthing him and, and the Chargers for about two years. <laughs> maybe it would be something that we'd go down and, and watch them. That would be pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, talking about the Vikings, uh, Matt, talk to us about Matt, uh, Mike Wallace, sorry, uh, and what do you see out of his charts? Wallace is such a difficult, uh, difficult case to crack. Not only what happened with him in, in Miami, but also how to project him in Minnesota. Now, I'll talk about him in Miami a little bit first. Um, you know, there's always that big back and forth about was it Ryan Tannehill's fault or was it Mike Wallace's fault that you saw them? I mean, God, you know, at least two times a game you see them have one of those miscommunications on deep passes, and I mean, just again and again, it was a constant theme throughout his two years there. So. And I ended up, the, the title of the article on Backyard Banter is Expectations and an Odd Coupling uh, Doom Mike Wallace in Miami. And so, yeah, I really think that the contract that they signed him to was was really just a mistake from the start. He wasn't worth that kind of money, and it kind of put those unfair expectations on him because he is a limited player. I mean, you look at his uh, his route chart, uh, obviously the majority of them are nine routes. Again, just the vertical straight down the field yep. routes. Um, and so then other than that, it's mostly just post curls and slants, which you expect to see that from a, you know, a rookie wide receiver and an inexperienced player, not a guy who's been in the league for a while. So they gave all that money to a really a limited player and kind of expected him to be a number one receiver, which was a mistake. And then Ryan Tannehill is not really a guy who is not a good deep passer. I mean, that's just kind of the bottom line. But Wallace also, he had some inefficiencies tracking the ball and really getting and winning the ball in coverage. Um, you know, he was pretty inconsistent at that. So it's part of it's partly to blame. It's like it's kind of you know when a couple breaks up and it's it's both of your faults. You were both cheating on each other. You know, it's sort of one of those one of those deals. And we've all been there. But anyways, um, that's another topic for that's a topic for another show. Um, back on back on. Yeah, right. Back on back on Wallace. Um, you know, so he really was just kind of set up to fail in Miami, so it's no surprise that they ended up parting ways. Um, as far as his success rate versus coverage, um, he's right around average for, for beating man. He's pretty much he's better against zone, which you expect from a fast player. Um, now projecting him to Minnesota, obviously North Turner's a great offensive coordinator and they've got a nice young quarterback there in Teddy Bridgewater. I've I've been a, a fan of Bridgewater for a long time now. Um, so I'm excited that he had a pretty good rookie year and he's got some weapons there now. Um, I think Turner's good at getting the deep game involved, and he, he's good with these fast down-the-sideline players like Wallace. However, I don't really know that Bridgewater is a great deep passer either. Um, but I think where he's going to have more value than you'd expect is Wallace is, is – there were a lot of times in Miami where he'd come back on a curl route when obviously when you're deep threat you get a lot of cushion. Yeah. So you, you – you see him come back on a curl route, but Tannehill would just miss that. He wouldn't see it. He wouldn't anticipate that happening. Where Bridgewater is one of the already one of the best anticipatory quarterbacks in the league. So I think he's gonna um, make he's gonna make a lot more of those sort of plays for Wallace available than Tannehill was. I I just question whether he's gonna be able to take the top off the defense. Also, there's a lot of pretty interesting receivers there. I've still got some faint. Hope for Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Also, I like what I saw out of Charles Johnson last year. Um, and obviously, if Adrian Peterson comes back, there'll be a run-based attack. So I don't really know what the volume is going to look like for Wallace, but I do think he's in a better situation now than he was in Miami. Blister, do you think he's better because he's with Norv Turner? We know you're a huge Norv Turner fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I don't think he's necessarily better. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous about his attitude. I'm a little, I'm not, yeah. I'm not as worried about Bridgewater getting acclimated to the NFL in his second year. I'm more worried about Wallace getting ready for the Minnesota snowstorms that could happen in October and run for the rest of his home games. Maybe six home games. Yeah. He could be. He could oh, disappear. Yeah, I mean, he did play in Pittsburgh. They can have some cooler weather, but it's not Minnesota. Um, but, you know, I think he's a guy that uh, every year, like I was looking at shopping the other day and in PPR, every year he's scored between just under like 199 up to 245 fantasy points. And last year, 245 would have put him in around 13th overall. But last year he was close to just right around 200. And, um, you know, I think I think he can still probably do that. I think he could be good for, you know, close to a thousand yards, hopefully. And and you know, he, he's he's had a knack for finding the end zone. Even last year wasn't even that exciting year, and he still got in the end zone uh, eight times. Um, I'm looking at the wrong one. Uh, ten times. That's what I thought. You know, so I I think that it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. You know, with that running game, if AP comes back or not, and if they have to start thinking about him more so, because that would open up some more space for Wallace. It'll be an interesting right. play this year. I'm a little nervous about him yet. Slim, what do you think? Um, right now, Blisters has him right around the wide receiver 30. Fantasy Pros has him consensus ranked around there too. Do you think he's that mid-wide receiver 3, or where do you see his floor and ceiling? Uh, yeah, I guess... I feel like, I mean, I'm kind of maybe in the same boat as you guys. I have a hard time slotting him anywhere right now. He's just one of these guys that's just tough to, I want to think that this change will be good for him. Um, You know, I remember a couple of games as a Mike Wallace owner from way back when he was in Pittsburgh, and they're just burned in my memory of screen passes that they would throw to Wallace where he would make one guy miss and he's gone for 40 yards. Um into the end zone. And I, like Matt was saying, uh, that wasn't Miami's repertoire with him. They, you know, tr- tried to take the top off a of defense. It was a low percentage play because Tannehill, he can't complete a deep pass. Um, so I'm hoping that Norv kind of goes back to that. Let's get him the ball in space a little bit. Uh, some short passes for Teddy, um, where there's timing involved. Um, but, I mean, you look at some of the games, I think he's always going to be one of those guys where he he's going to have one great game for you, follow it up with, you know, a mediocre at best game for two weeks and then come back and kind of an lighted Deshaun Jackson a little bit. Um, I think it'll be hard for him to match those 10 touchdowns he got last year, which hurts his value a little bit. Um, so... I mean, taking all that into account, I think it's a safe play to have him kind of around wide receiver 30 in that range as, you know, a low-end wide receiver three. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I I wish I could be more definitive. I just have a hard time because I don't really know where to peg him yet. And he, I think that's just kind of what's transpired the last couple of years of his career. He hasn't given us much to uh, consistency for us to be able to uh, – kind of foresee what's going to happen with this change of scenery. So, Slim, we haven't done it yet. Let's play a little name game. Um, uh, I was waiting for it. Yeah, I know. Well, no, but I think it's <laughs> good go. because Bring this it. is the type of thing that you should do, right? Like, would I take him or him? Yeah. Him or him. And then yeah. that's where you kind of figure out where you slot him. Um, let's see. Mike Wallace or Terrence Williams? Wallace. Ah, oh, Wallace. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, chime in. I'm not I like a big it. Williams uh, fan. You know that. <laughs> Wallace or V-Jax? Yeah. I'm going to go V-Jax, but it's slight. All right. And I'm probably uh, regret Smith. that. And I actually don't mind Steve Smith this year, so I'm going to give the edge to Steve. Okay. Fit. Very fit. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, what was uh, that? I said they have no one else to catch passes in Baltimore right that's now. That's exactly know. why. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I'd I'd probably rather have Wallace over Fitzgerald. How right about Tory Smith? Speaking of uh, Baltimore, oh, Wallace, come on! Right. <laughs> you know I hate Tory Smith. <laughs> so hey, I mean, if we kind of, I'm just kind of working through Blister's ranks there. So yeah, you've got him in that that tier of mid-range wide receiver three. What right. do you think, so, Matt? Agree? Disagree? Um. It's such a crappy spot, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I just, well, I just who don't wants know to draft well. a mid-wide receiver three? Nobody. 
Right. Nobody wants a mid wide receiver three. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to be if you if those are the guys you have on your team, you're going to be playing matchups pretty much, you yeah. know, exclusively. Oh, yeah. uh, when one of those guys goes against, you know, the the bad secondary, you, you put them in. But yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys are going to be inconsistent all over the map. You're, you, you know, you're not sure volume wise. Um, God, especially Torrey Smith, and you know, in in in, in San Francisco now. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's not a that's not a good landing spot. All right, so Matt, just while we kind of have you on here, I just we just were going to go through five receivers, make it pretty easy. There's been so many moves we could speak for hours, but while we have you on here, and you were talking earlier, um, I think maybe when we're off there that you, and I mentioned maybe while we're on, that you really like uh, taking a look at the draft class. Three of us, unfortunately or fortunately, play against each other in a dynasty, and our first big rookie draft is coming up. We all know the, the top-tier guys, but what are some... Who are some sleepers that you've charted that uh, we should be paying attention to, you know, um, maybe in the second, third roundish type of rookie draft? Yeah, now, now you're now you're talking. I love this, especially this time. There of we year. go. Um, yeah, I just I just put up my wide receiver rankings um, on on the backyard banter. Oh, did you? Last oh, week. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna pull them up right now. Yeah, about I, – I didn't really – last year I tried to evaluate a full draft class and I just decided, like you said, uh, you know, really getting into the niche. My, I think the wide receiver position is – obviously is, is my, is my <laughs> yeah. niche. So uh, I basically just did that. That's the only position that I fully ranked. I got about 35 guys fully evaluated this year. Not all of them have reception perception data because it's hard to get college film like it is NFL is readily available – yeah. Um, and you really do need like the all twenty two angle to to chart all the routes and everything like that. Otherwise, you just end up guessing off TV copy, which I don't want to guess. I want to be right. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, a couple guys I really like. I don't know if this really qualifies as a sleeper because he's gotten a lot of hype from from big media draft. But Devin Smith is a guy I'm totally smitten with. Um, you know, he's he really didn't have a ton of production at Ohio State, but that's really just because. Um, you know, he, they primarily used him just as a deep threat. And by the way, he's one of the best deep threats I've ever scouted. I mean, wow. his I have a I have a reception perception. I did have reception perception for him, and I talked about success rate versus coverage on nine routes. And some of these guys, like pretty good NFL numbers, are like in the 50-60 range. Really good NFL numbers are like in the 70 range. This guy, Devin Smith, had 90.5 success <laughs> rate versus coverage on on nine routes. So you can see. He's really fast. He gets he on top of yeah. yeah, he definitely does. But, but also he, he has a contested catch conversion rate that's really positive, so he's good in traffic. He tracks the ball second to none in this draft class. I mean, he's got a lot of really intriguing skills. I mean, he's like a really – he's like a deep game artist. Watching him play in the deep section of the field is um is really a uh, – is really like watching an artist paint a picture. Blister, um, I don't do know. you have a pad of paper out right now? You're right now taking notes, aren't you? <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sure you guys know Matt Waldman. He's one of my football guys colleagues. Yeah, yeah. He does these. Yeah, he does these RSP film rooms where you know we get to go in and watch him break down a prospect with a guest. I've been on two of them. The one I just recently was on, we watched Devin Smith together. And when you really take a close look at Smith, you see that he has a lot of potential as an underneath route runner, as a timing based player. A lot of nuances in his. Out indicate that he and indicate that he can be a complete receiver. So I think day one you're getting a really good vertical threat, which is hey, that's kind of valuable. That's important. For sure. Um, and, and then, but I think down the line you're going to see him develop into a more of a complete player. So he's one of my favorite guys in this draft class. I have him right around the sixth spot. So I mean, he's not one of my top yeah. guys, but oh, I'm not, you know, as a surprised when you when we look through because we were asking you about Whiter, uh, Amari, Co- uh, Amari Cooper, and you've got Doriel Green Beckham as your number one wide receiver on your rankings right now. Yeah, I do. Um, Green Beckham, you know, obviously there's the off the field issues, which I don't take into account in my evaluations because I don't really have the infor- the glut of information that NFL teams will have on these guys. So I don't think. I mean, if I was a GM, I wouldn't take Green Beckham first off the board. I would probably take White or Cooper, and I prefer White. We talked about this uh, before we came on the air. But um, if I, I mean, Green Beckham is is by far the the, the best specimen out of the guys, and he also is a little bit more, I mean, again, I like to think that reception perception is kind of a wide receiver myth buster, and one of the things when I charted him for, for, for uh, the methodology was, was that he runs a lot more routes than he's given credit for. I mean, he's not as raw, I mean, he's a raw 
player, but that's because he's coming out of college. And I mean, he missed. Right. He, he took. He had he took. He t- took a year off, but you know, uh, was not was not allowed to play for a year. Right. Um, and so, I mean, he's not raw more so than the other prospects. I mean, they're all they're all you know they all have not been in the NFL. They are, all have a lot to work on. But I think he has the most the the highest potential out of everybody. But obviously, there's a lot of risk given you know what has what he's what he's done in his past and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, he's my number one guy based purely just on on-field ability and talent. Okay, get, throw us another another late guy. So you got Devin Smith. What else you got? Okay, uh, this is another guy that I'm a lot higher on than all pretty much uh, a lot of my peers. Although there are some guys in, that I know in the industry who are in in this guy's corner, and that's Devonte Davis out of UNLV, uh. a guy that you can a guy that you can get in the. <laughs> Don't talk about him. Oh, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> there he goes. He's gone in the first round. Yeah, so De- Davis is a guy that I did I did some work with um, a preseason coming into this year, and, you know, I'm like, oh, man, this guy is 6'3", 220. I mean, rocked out frame, looks like T.O., and uh, and he plays big. I mean, he had some injuries this year, which are why he, which is why he didn't get to, you know, kind of build on what was a really strong 2013 season. Um, but I mean, Davis has all the tools. He's like an undeniable contested catch player. He can, he really, again, another guy that makes the physical plays. Um, you can throw him the ball, and he's going to win it no matter who is covering him. However, I think he's got all the, his flaws. Are really correctable things. I mean, they're they're another you know another guy that doesn't run the complete route tree. Needs to work on his timing in and out of breaks and everything. Um, but if he, when he manages those, when he gets with a good wide receiver coach, I mean, he's got a lot of potential. This is a guy that I think you're going to see get drafted on day three in the NFL draft. But you know, in a few years, you hold on to him on your bench in a dynasty league, and I think you're going to be rewarded. You know, if everything plays out well for him. Uh, guys. Um... Why do I have a feeling we need to bring Matt on after the draft? Like after the rookie draft. <laughs> I think all of a sudden, like, it makes, uh, it's, well, he's seeing, well. seeing things out there that, you know, that's good. And you, you don't have to sit there and watch, watch the film on him over and over and over again because Matt's done all that and charted it all. Blister, you're going to say something. Yeah, I don't draft until the third round of our rookie draft, so Matt, you might be FaceTimed in <laughs> at about that point. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Blister, I've got, a, I've got a couple high picks if uh, I know. you want to throw some big names um, at me. Uh, so give young me, names, give but... me some of those good deals you give everybody else. Where you give away all your good players. Yeah, I know. I learned. I learned. I learned. That's why I'm team under construction. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm and you know why, Blister? No. Blister, I've, I've only played in leagues where there's trading, and that's with you, and I'm not really permitted to do much of that. So <laughs> this trading. Is, this yeah, is so my learning. This is my learning trip. <laughs> and it's uh, and, and it stung me. Trust me. That's why my team's called under construction, uh, Matt. If I told you what my team looked like after the draft, it's uh, it's heartbreaking oh, that man. I have this second overall pick. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, Matt, it's been awesome having you on. We're uh, we're like at the hour mark here, so we'll we'll call it a day. It's been awesome having you on. Uh, tell the listeners uh, where they can find you. Um, uh, you know, Twitter, all that type of stuff. Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can find um, pretty much, I mean, I write for a lot of different places, but any reception perception article that I put up, I will link it from Backyard Banter and put a little preview. So you can, any any reception perception content you want, you can find that on thebackyardbanter.com. And what I'm doing with reception perception right now is I'm charting pretty much every NFL wide receiver to build some context, to build a database. And once I have that, I'll be releasing a book um, in July. And it'll basically be right in time for fantasy season, which is, you know, what we're all, what we're all working for here. Um, and this is the first year I'm doing this. So in the first year, I will be giving the book away for free. Um, and it's going to be well worth your zero dollars. I mean, believe me, I, I, I think that, you know, just as a marketing standpoint, I think that it's, I want to prove it to people first because I know in future years when I do this book again and again and again, you know, every year, people will come back. I mean, I know that. I mean, the data is good and, and it's it's proven for me to, to be to be a really good learning tool at the very least. 
Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that, and I'll be obviously tweeting about it and, and everything. Um, it's a it's 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 a fun project, and it's something that has taught me a lot. And I I think it's a useful tool that everybody should check out. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I guess before we sign off, too, just as a reminder to everybody, we've had uh, a few guys emailing us directly to let us know. Head on over to iTunes. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, give a comment, and as we move into our new premium subscription site, um, everyone who leaves a comment is going to get a free subscription. So um, there there it is again, like Matt said, giving away free content, basically just, uh, you know, um, trying to prove it as well. Uh, I've got yet again another text from the app guy. We're working on it. The demo's coming to my email tonight, he said. So uh, we've got the in-auction fantasy football uh, auction draft um, app on its way too, so we've got a lot of stuff moving moving with us. The easiest way to follow us on Twitter is at Fantasy Auction. Slim holds the reins to that Twitter handle, right, Slim? Among others, but yeah. Yeah, well, do, do you hold those reins, and then Blister, as uh, as always, is uh, Mr. Blister. With no E, there's a common thing, and I am uh, at Uncle Buckets, two T's on that one. Head on over to our website, too. Check things out. Slim's got his mock draft, mock NFL draft rolling. It's on Walter Football. We're getting a lot of kickback from there, so it's thefantasyfootballauction.com. Listen to the pods. Blister is going to update his rankings hopefully soon so that uh, he doesn't have two Michael Crab trees on there. And... Uh, um, I don't know. That's uh, that's all I got for episode uh, 106, boys. Big thanks to Matt for coming on. Appreciate all your awesome insight, Matt, and uh, hope the listeners there will they'll probably, hopefully, will pick up a few more followers and buyers of the book and everything else because that's awesome work you did there or are doing, I should say. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt, right on, Matt. and uh, um, we'll we'll keep in contact uh, um, after this. And if if the time Timing's right for you. I know you're a busy guy writing for everybody, and uh, I see you more and more pods. You go over to the Backyard Banter yeah. site, you can see he's on all these podcasts, too, so if we can slot you into the schedule, and if we didn't completely blow this tonight, uh, no. No, <laughs> we'd love to have fun. you back. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Just just let me know, and we'll, we'll make it work. I'm, this was fun, so I'm, I'll be happy to do it again. Okay, excellent. So I guess we'll see Matt back on the podcast. Uh, Slim, I got the jerseys all set up, so I'll, uh, um, I guess... I'll see you when the soccer jerseys and all that type of uh, stuff blister. I don't know. I'm going to see you because the Red Wings are going to win win the series. And for the rest of you, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming.